G'day, Mick here. Thanks so much for joining us on the Purpose Podcast today. A very interesting and thought-provoking conversation ahead with a specialist in this space who has spent her career working with businesses and uh, groups around the world when it comes to sustainability and this whole game of impact and purpose. Uh, She will challenge you to think really outside the box and look at this idea of SDGs and the global goals uh, in a much more broader and holistic sense. So be sure to listen closely to her advice and experience and uh, take some great notes. Um, Wherever you're listening, be sure to uh, leave us a review. If you have a moment, that would be amazing. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you stay in the loop for our new episodes. Enjoy the show. Hey there, and welcome to Purpose, a podcast where we chat with amazing people who are making an impact in the world through their business, their community, or simply just by being who they are. My name is Mick Hayes, and I am constantly inspired by the people I meet on this podcast and how they are using their business models to create amazing outcomes close to home or in the wider global community. So sit back, take some notes, and get inspired just like me on how we can all bring purpose into our everyday lives. Thanks for tuning in. Hey guys, welcome to the Purpose Podcast. Uh, Today we are joined by Christine McDougall, the founder of 223AM. Christine is an internationally recognized facilitator, practitioner, teacher and coach and has held large multi-stakeholder initiatives towards a better future for all, managing diversity, complexity and various stages of human development. As a principal of 223AM, she works with leaders and enterprises globally who have a commitment to being the pioneers of enterprise change, designing enterprises that place the success of all humanity and earth as a first principle, aligning all resources and stakeholder engagement, including finance and people, to the pattern integrity of the enterprise. Christine also works at the systematic level towards the success of all the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So I'm really excited to hear uh, what Christine has in store for us today. So please welcome Christine to the Purpose Podcast. G'day, Christine. Uh, Good afternoon. Hello, Mick. Lovely to be here. Awesome. Awesome to have you. Thanks so much for taking the time. Um, And we find you on the Gold Coast today? Yes, I have been a Gold Coast-based person for most of my life, actually, uh, my daughter was born here and she's 28. So um, I guess you could call us locals. Awesome. True blue Gold Coast locals. You don't find many of them these days. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, look, to get us started, I always start with a bit of an icebreaker for, for purpose. And um, basically, uh, we're a few months in now to 2019. Can you tell us what's been the highlight for you so far this year? Yeah, uh, two um, two highlights. But uh, two weeks ago, actually today, I held um, a masterclass on planning obsolescence, uh, which was really about um, bringing people together who are very committed to a world that has a future, and uh, and that was a phenomenal experience. I mean, really, a, a sort of like a, a synthesis of of my. 30 years of being in this sort of space but um the most important element of that was the 
incredible people that were present for that and the synergies and the flows and the combinations. And I think uh, for the participants, to, the, the opportunity to see that their, their commitment towards um, a world that works for everybody and their commitment to creating enterprises that um, um, towards that, uh, that they're not alone and there are some really incredible people out there with, with the same type of commitment. Yeah. So that was, um, yeah, that was a, a big one. And then the other, the other uh, for me is always um, meeting um, people who are creating enterprises like that and um, yeah. having the opportunity to, to spend time with people who do not lose their centre against all odds and temptations. Oh, wow. Sounds sounds awesome. Um, So obviously uh, connecting with, um, I guess, like-minded individuals is a real highlight for you throughout your career by the sounds of it. Yeah, I'm inspired by uh, people who who really do hold a very high commitment uh, to what I call uh, bringing forth their source idea, which by nature of it, um, being an idea has an emotion to it because unless we have emotion connected to our source idea, we're not going to get into action to build it. <laughs> yeah, sure. And, uh, and, and, to, and to ensure that the, what I call the pattern integrity, so it's the, the sort of like the DNA of that source idea is expressed in its fullest terms, which means also that we don't waver under the winds of here's a bunch of money, but I'm going to, you need to change here or here's yeah. a strategy, but you need to change here or da 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 It's, it's actually saying um, as, a, as the steward leader, I am responsible for bringing this source idea to life and to giving it the best opportunity to thrive. And that means that oftentimes I have to say no to the easy road and yes to a road that looks almost impossible yeah, sure. um, but actually has... Um, you know, enables the most incredible expression. Yeah, right. Sure. Mm. And um, so can, can you tell us a bit about your origin story? Tell us a bit about who you are and where you've come from to get you to where, where you are now. Yeah, well, um, I, so I was, um, I was born in Fiji, interestingly, to Australian parents, but um, um, spent my earlier years traipsing around different locations and um, as the daughter of a mining engineer, but my real education actually started for me after my six years of university education in medical science. Um, my real um, education started when I was introduced to the work of uh, Buckminster Fuller in my mid-20s. And for anyone who has never heard that name, Bucky, as he's commonly known, um, he designed several things that we sort of take for granted now, including the Octet Trust, which was part of roofing systems, but also the geodesic dome. But beyond that, he was probably one of the most comprehensive and systemic thinkers of the last, well, he died in 1986, so uh, the last period um, equal up there, in my opinion, with any of the greats like Einstein and so on. But um, to give you an example of his work, he was looking in 1927 at the all-in accounting cost of a barrel of oil. Sorry. Um, oh. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't turn my phone off. Um, and so he was looking at the all-in cost of a barrel of oil, and um, and which means you know the cost of Earth to produce this thing, the sure. oil, um, the cost for us to extract it, the cost for us to use it, uh, ship it, transport it, use it, um, and then post-production costs, which we commonly know know as pollution. 
And he determined in 1927 um, that the cost of a barrel of oil was too expensive for any single human on the planet. No one could afford it. And, of course, we now have some recognition that we will be paying the aftertax of our ill-considered um, uh, quest for um, cheap energy um, for hundreds, if not many hundreds of years. Sure. And so that was, you know, that's an example of Bucky. But he, he, he um, yeah, and so he, his work has deeply informed my life and pretty much everything that I do. Um, he was a systems thinker. Um, he was the one that made the term synergy possible and fashionable, interestingly. <laughs> Took it out of the archives and dusted it off and, uh, and gave it sort of meaning. And, of course, you know, like many of those words, it's overused today. That uh, and misunderstood, uh, but anyway, so um, he's sort of informed my life. And as somebody who's always been um, on the frontiers of human endeavor and human inquiry and um, visionary and pioneering, um, I have uh, found his work to um, uh, enrich me in, in multiple ways, um, but also really contribute to the work that I do daily in leadership and, and organisational design. Yeah, wow. Okay. Um, mm. And uh, so can you tell us a bit about of 2.23am? Yeah. Um, I So going back to the sort of pioneering or, origins, um, I was one of the pioneers of coaching worldwide. Uh, so when I first started in Australia, coaching was a... Um, the only thing that coaches did was on a sports field. And when I started, um, it was, there was five of us in Australia that called ourselves coaches that weren't sports coaches. Um, but I was on the international uh, board of um, the Coach Federation Global and, and as the first non-American and, and then set up the whole um, global, um, the Australian, Australasian global uh, coaching 20 years ago. And, and so that's got me into uh, working in corporations and so on because, again, there was no such thing as coaching. And so I started off working in the banking and finance sector with large-scale um, cultural change programs and so on. It was just timing and, and um, being at the sort of like the forefront. And, uh, and very early again um picked up some of the so some of the sort of earlier models um like integral theory adult human development spiral dynamics um work which is uh, was really at the forefront of that time and um and started to really look at our our capability to hold handle multiple complexity um, simultaneously as a leader you know the the requirement for a high order of um, uh, not just intelligence but um, complexity ability um, to to lead through an increasingly complex world and uh, a lot of my work at the time was with with leaders who were sitting in this question which is still um, current uh, that knowing that the current system that we have is quite broken uh, and that they are a part of it by nature of their roles uh, in mostly in corporate and so on and they um, and yet they don't either they don't know they don't have a map forward or the incumbency is too all encompassing or their status or their lifestyles um, are it's too compelling to stay put 
And, and so those very few that are called to something, a higher purpose, going back to your podcast title, you know, a higher purpose, um, uh, in the dark hours, so at 2.23 a.m. in the morning, what is calling you cannot be denied and, uh, and it will not be denied and you will find yourself awake and you'll find yourself in those, those troubled internal conversations or whatever. Um, or you'll have an experience of I've got something that is moving through me, an idea, and I need to animate it and I'm so excited and I'm going to wake up at, in the middle yes. of the dark hours. <laughs> and so it's those, it's those yeah, it's those places. It's either it's either life is kicking me in the guts and I can't ignore it, or life is calling me with this thing that I can't, I can no longer ignore, and I need to take action. Yeah, and so it's that. That's that's where the brand came from. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I think uh, I don't think there's any business owner in the world that that hasn't woken up at two twenty three a.m. or thereabouts, and uh, with either the next big idea or something that really is challenging. You know, what, a, what an amazing, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a really cool story about where that number, because one of my questions is going to be, where did you get 223? Where's it come from? That's, uh, that's really well, cool. I, Yeah. And I have to confess that, uh, I just, I had, I had the real good fortune, the, uh, the team behind creating the greatest job in the world campaign, um, uh, was part of that branding exercise and so um i was just really lucky and that that happened and it was you know one of those branding things we're sitting there going what do i call this what do i call this Mm. and meryn mccormack the the last that she just wrote we had all these words on a page and she wrote 223 a.m and all of us sitting in this sort of brand workshop were looking at going, what is that? And it was, it was like we were all hit at the same time with, hang on a minute, we need to look at that. The number is arbitrary. There is no, it's, yeah, sure. there is no, there is no, <laughs> there's no significance to the actual number. But uh, there you go. <laughs> well, I feel like you can relate to it because you, your guards are down, you know, the noise is, is generally, uh, or the you know the distracting things of day to day are are out of focus at two twenty. I, I like the the two twenty three a.m. You know, like I think, yeah, yeah, it paints yeah. a good picture when you put it into that context. So that's that's fascinating. And so with with this particular business model and your your facilitating and coaching, you work globally, yes. I do, yes. I always have actually, but um, yeah. So if I, I most of my work is sort of out facing. Um, so out, out of the Gold Coast, um, Brisbane, yeah, um, but um, um, yeah, all over the world, the United States, UK. Yep. Yeah. So, so having, I guess, the exposure to those different communities and and cultures, I guess. Um, do you find that the uptake of becoming more socially conscious or sustainable is um, being as received in Australia as it is in other countries or are we, are we a little bit behind the eight ball here or what's your opinion on that side of things? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I, I, different countries have different speeds for different things. Sure. Uh, because for the last, the last 10 years I've been sort of heavily involved in the entrepreneurial sort of startup space as well. Uh, and, um, and so there is definitely nuanced differences. But in reference to the conversation around uh, the UN SDGs and, and creating a better world and all of that sort of stuff, I really feel that that's a global conversation. Yeah. And, 
uh, and a lot of my work is, you know, I'm very clear at this stage in my life. I have a very clear boundary around where I focus my work, and and I'm, it, it's uh, it's it it's progress very progressive, but also um, very. Um, you know, some people find it uh, confronting because I'm not interested in rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. I'm not interested in, in people bidding for the best deck chairs on the Titanic. I'm not interested in repairing the Titanic and I'm certainly not interested in people who want to move the iceberg. You know, my focus is around how do we create enterprises that are entirely new. And so what I mean by that specifically is if you look at, just for example, the Limited Liability Corporation, which if you go back to kind of its very, very first uh, roots was uh, in 1600, Queen Elizabeth I and the East India Company. And it was created for a very specific purpose, um, which was to limit the liability of the, the money. Um, and it, screw the, the sailors and the people. That, wasn't, that was irrelevant, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so a 419-year-old model has hardly changed as a corporate entity uh, you know, there's nuances of it, but really it's hardly changed. And yet the thing that the technology that we're speaking on now is likely to be obsolete <laughs> um, just by nature of what's happening with technology. And so really, you know, what I do is I question, this sort of comes back to the source, source idea and the patent integrity. Really what I do is question if you're building, if you're creating an enterprise that you want to, to bring to life something that has a really high quality human-centered, earth-centered intent, then if you start to impose old models such as the legal entities old models of finance, venture capital, for example, <laughs> old models, um, models that, that are extractive and exploitative in their design, um, then it doesn't matter how good your intention is, you're going to find you are in a place where you've added a, um, a virus essentially to a beautiful idea and you've got, it, it, you, it's very hard to untangle from that. And so that's, that's kind of the work that I do. And it's not, definitely not for everyone because a lot of people are really happy with just, I just want to build a, you know, a, a regular steady business and do a little bit of good in the world. And, you know, that's fantastic. Um, I'm, you know, if that's, I, I'm not worried about that. And I'm, I'm really focused on, on those people and those, those businesses who are absolutely, committed to um, a, a, um, a phase change um, in, in how we actually engage in enterprise. And so part of that as well is that just that I, I genuinely believe that humans, good people, and which I think we have more good people than not, but humans, sure. uh, you, you know, want to come together and they want to work on something that they care about. And they want to do that in a way that enables them to bring their best selves forward um, and, and enables them to have a level of sovereignty and autonomy, but to do that in the um, community of the enterprise that honours the community. So it's, you know, autonomy, agency within community um, towards this central, in your language, you know, purpose that they really care about that makes a difference in the world. How do we do that? And that's, you know, sort of been a, a large question um, of my entire life. Um, you know, how do we enable that to happen um, that doesn't fall into a messy human heap or, you know, the ego or the, mm. you know, all of that, that rubbish that happens or the distractions and the, 
the bullshit and the crap and you know, you know, hierarchy and, and yeah. red tape and, and lack of agility and all of that sort of stuff. And so, um, you know, in, and I guess strangely you look back in hindsight because you never figure this out as somebody who studied medical science, um, only, and I know you're just going to laugh when I say this, but I only just realised about five years ago that I have a science degree. <laughs> I was trained as a scientist. It's just it was one of those things that was going, really? oh, oh, my God, I have a science degree. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, and, but, you know, biology and, and living systems and, and anatomy and, and so uh, you know, this, this nature's unbelievable um, already existing intelligence and how it coordinates and how it communicates and how it flows and how it um, adapts to and responds to and you know is far superior to anything that humans have come up with yet yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) it blows my mind every time I hear some some new trinket that the body has created in the last little while so yeah yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, I've, I've got this kind of stress response that when I, if I ever get stressed about something, I just say to myself, "We're all just stardust. Just let it go. We're just stardust. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 you know, we we're created in the dying star, so everything's cool." Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I guess, like, I normally ask this question at the very end, but I guess just for some context, so that we can uh, and our listeners can relate to, I guess, this very forward-thinking kind of. Um, proposal you have around the business, you know, the traditional business yeah. model and, and changing it over. Do you have any particular businesses that you're following or working with that are representing this this space that, yes. that we can yeah. look at and go, okay, yeah, sweet, I see what you're on about? Yeah, um, not a lot, but hopefully um, I've got uh, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of people who just come out of my master class. But, yeah. um, so, so the really good one that has has – traction and history uh is patagonia the the american uh clothing company yeah uh, and eve yvonne chouinard who's in his 80s now literally at the end of last year uh changed the purpose of patagonia um from something pretty high already but um to the simple you know, we, we need to take care of um our home which is sure. Earth. yeah and and um and so they're they're really they're really because they've been around for a long time and and they and they consistently consistently challenge themselves with how they show up and how they make things and what they do and everything else like that so that um is is fantastic um and then of course i have clients as well um sure. um who are moving in this direction um we have a local company um outland denim i'm not sure if you've heard of them um, they hit a peak of fame. Uh, yeah, in, yeah, they had a princess wearing their jeans. They're from here on Mount Tambourine, yeah? Correct, yes. Yes, yep. yes. and and so James Barthol's, um his consideration and his vision and how he's doing it is exactly the way that I, 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 um, I work with people. Um, sure. And so he was very, very, very clear what he's doing, um, which is to end slavery. Um, particularly sex slavery with women but yep. and, and and he spent six nearly six years getting the model right and i say that because he was actually dealing with human lives yeah sure and and i just don't see many uh startups and organizations who realize the 
impact of what they're doing, particularly around some of the UN SDGs and this whole, the whole mythology. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's inappropriate at times on um, this whole mythology around, um, you know, go fast and break things or just do it or whatever else like that. And this impulse, which is, which is a, a programmed, um, impulse in the mythology of successful startups and sure. so on. Yeah. Um, and yet here's somebody who realized just through trusting what he was creating um, so deeply that, that uh, that type of, that type of go hard and break things, the breaking things were humans. And while the, the needing to go fast because we don't want another 10, 8, 10, 12 year old girl to be, um, become a sex slave yeah um so it's that imperative to go fast but the, the 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 tension against that is that um we're dealing with human lives and so beautiful story um of just an extraordinary commitment against all odds because in my experience people who are really um i say you know writing new maps because we're the area that we're working in is unprecedented we don't have we don't have examples we don't have maps there is no manual 101 this is how you do it and so it is a, it is a creation process in the moment of emergence and so but that also means that you as the steward leader and james is an incredible example of this has to hold so steady to the source idea and its integrity, its pattern integrity as it's, as it's being animated. Um, and that just, there are very few people in my experience can, that can really do that well. Number one. And number two, it, it I just, it just is really hard to do it without a, a high level of support and community around you that is sure. holding you to that, you know, so. Um, so there's that one, and then there's a large company in the UK, um, which will be the biggest. Um, it's uh, close to what's well, over a billion Aussie dollar um, per annum, and it's a 60-year-old company that um, um, family owned, so privately owned. Um, that is uh, the the chairman. Um, figured out he had an epiphany and he figured out that capitalism is broken and he needs to convert his entire enterprise 60 years into a social enterprise and again you know no maps um how do you do that how do you how, how do you get that right um so you know th there's three sort of levels the patagonia the outland denim and and um and the company in the uk cordon group which is making this sure very significant change yeah I've asked um I've asked that question in a few podcasts and Patagonia seems to be uh <laughs> seems to be at the top of the list in um in a lot of people's I guess thoughts on which brands are inspiring them around you know this this idea of doing business for good so um yeah I know you you're heavily aligned and you've mentioned the SDGs a few times can you tell us about how I guess you use those as a bit of a lighthouse or a or a benchmark or how do you in, engage either yourself or your clients into the idea of using the SDGs? Yeah. So I, I think they're a great, uh, they're a great reference point. And, uh, you know, my, my, uh, what I'm interested in is because you can't take them in isolation. And so you can't, you, you can't, uh, 
um, end poverty uh, without really looking at the global financial system, without looking at capitalism, without sure. looking at the environment, without looking at, and so, um, and, and this sort of circles back to, to adult development uh, for, for a leader, and I'm, my work is around what I call stewardship, which is um, a, a leader is, is more of a steward than, than um, a, a hierarchical sort of structure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not anti-hierarchy, but I, I think that the times call for somebody who has the capacity to hold the space for brilliance uh, to emerge. Sure, sure. Um, and, and that's a very different type of leadership um, because it's, it's, um, it, it, it has, for the most part, it should be essentially invisible. Uh, and, um, you know, the requirement for that type of leader um, is should be minimal and invisible if they've got the organisational design right. Um, yeah. And so that's the what I call the enterprise architecture, how we, um, the agreements, how we uh, decide that we're going to be part of this enterprise. Uh, what are those, what's that structure like? And, um, and so, but the UN SDGs, I think, are, is, is a great benchmark for people to, to continue to move towards because if we're not moving towards something and that, that's it's the work and, and so on has been done around that we can move towards that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you know, there's a level of complexity here and uh, the, the impulse to try and do something within the domain of one of the UN SDGs without consideration of the whole is actually a violation of the principles of how the universe works. And so this sort of circles back to Bucky Fuller's work uh, where if you understand synergy, n- the meaning, the, the word, the definition is the behaviour of the parts taken separately cannot determine the behaviour of the whole. And so let me re... That's, Bucky was very complicated, but he was also very precise. So let me, let me rephrase that. No amount of examining of sodium or chloride it doesn't matter how brilliant you are. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter what. If you sat down and examined sodium and chloride separately and one is a, um, an inert metal and the other one is a poisonous gas, you would never end up with table salt. It is, it is, you cannot determine that. Similarly, you can't determine from dissecting, unwrapping, whatever, putting under an electron microscope, looking at a, 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 a worm, that it, ha- it has a butterfly. Sure. <laughs> you know, these things. So, <laughs> so what synergy means in the, in the simple reverse of that is that one plus one must equal something greater than two. One plus one has the potential to equal a thousand, a million, whatever. And so people that have um, experienced being on high-performing teams know what synergy is because it's almost like a a hive mind occurs. There's a collectivity that happens when you get that right combination. And and so... um, the, but the UN SDGs, so, so the, coming back to the, in order to understand the parts, we have to ha- start with the whole. 
You have to start with table salt. You have to start with the butterfly. You have to start with the, Bucky would say, you have to start with the universe. So you have to start with the whole system. And, and then you can start seeing what's going on with the parts. And so that's, you know, my, my sort of remit is that, that it's really important to understand the, how all of these um, 17 UN SDGs, how all of these large-scale systems are completely interlinked and and what is required is a is an order of intelligence that can handle multiple complexities simultaneously um, and it's not going to be an individual you know a collective of individuals that can really look at how we can address these and that's not to say I'm not I, you know yes for people on the ground working with mental health for people who are in crisis um, we need those sure, people sure sure um, yeah. And yes, to save the eight-year-old going into sex slavery. Yes to that. Yes to you know all of the things that need to happen as a response on the ground. Um, yes to advancing education and yes to women's rights and all of those things. But it, the other side of that is in order to, for us not to be in a conversation about slavery is it's a whole systems response. Yeah, sure. And I think... Um... I like really the, you know, what I take out of that is that there is a great, um, I guess, sounding board off the SDGs to look at how you can, uh, I guess, for business owners and particularly the, the small business operators and startups is how they can at least integrate some outcomes that are aligned with the SDGs in their local community, in their own backyard, you know, starting small, um, but then, yes, yeah, certainly looking at the flip side on how do we all contribute to them in a wider, greater kind of global focus as a whole. Um, and there's certainly that holistic approach to to the SDGs. I think that um, that still, you know, has has this massive opportunity ahead of us um, yeah. to, to create these outcomes. So. Um, but, but we can also do the whole systems at the local level. Sure. So, sure. so let me give you an example of that. If you look at our monetary and finance system, which is something that I'm, I've been studying um, since 2006. So, if you look at if you look at our money, monetary and finance systems, um, we have the currency that the the sovereign currency, which is a fiat based currency, is 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 an expression of an idea, um, all human created. But there are there are attributes to it. So it's created through a central authority. It's it is um, made in scarcity. It needs to be hoarded to accrete value. In other words, you know, as you accumulate it, you actually get richer. Um, and um, and so so people then tend to hold on to it, which anyone that's trying to build a business will know. How do I get access to capital? It's not that there's not enough cap- capital. Just like there's not enough, there's no absence of food. It's just that it's being hoarded. And so the 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 complementarity to a different form of currency is a local complementary currency, which is designed completely differently, which is made in decentralized, made in abundance, needs to flow in order for it to get value and is bounded by a, um, a community. And so, for example, we could completely flip the experience of wealth and and poverty within our local community here on the Gold Coast by int- introducing a complementary currency. Sure. Sure. Um, 
I'm just going to pause this here just for a second, Christine, because someone's just standing next to me on the phone. I'm just going to ask them to move. Just give me a second. No worries. I can cut this back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just it's it's so fascinating to hear, um, you know, your I guess your experience and your opinion on on how to I guess apply the SDGs at both a local and a global level. Um, and I think there's a lot of lessons that we can take from what you just said. So. Hmm. Um, uh, one of the other questions that I, I have for you today is around, I guess, opportunities. And we've probably already covered it to a point, but, um, you know, if we're talking to the business community here, uh, what opportunities do you think we have in this space over the next, say, five to ten years, you, you know, um, for either the smaller operator or the larger you know, business owners that are listening and, and how we can pivot, I guess, ourselves into this SDG focus or, or business for good. Like what opportunities do you see ahead of us in the next five or ten years? Well, if we're – so once upon a time there were these um, explorers and adventurers that were trying to figure out unknown territories and there's not many. We've got space and we've got the depths of the ocean yeah. Um, I actually believe that we've got we've got uh, a whole unknown territory which sits around the question of how we can enable all of humans and all of Earth to thrive. And I, you know, I I say really clearly to people, I'm happy to be both naive and an idealist. Yeah. Because my ideal is that humans, all humans, I'm not excluding a single one. So all humans in universe and all animals and our earth have the opportunity to thrive and be um, in a, be treated with dignity and to have uh, lives that are rich in sustenance and human connection and all of that sort of stuff. And I, I don't care if people think that's an idealistic thing. I'm going, well, hell, if we're not going for that, what the hell are we going for? <laughs> yeah, that's right. What are we here for? <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, like, like, and so if you don't ask the question of how we can do that, and so this then opens the world to an incredible opportunity and incredible possibility, but it's really big questions. And, and, but it also means that the other part of that opportunity is we have to question some of the things that we have assumed as common ground. And I, so I'll give you an example. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so if it, there's this, and I've been following blockchain um, for a long time, way before it was fashionable, way, be, way back before anyone knew it was. And I specifically blockchain because Bitcoin is a complementary currency, a different form of currency, and anyone who thinks it's decentralized, you know, needs their head read, it's actually centralized, it's doing all the things that a fiat-based currency is doing. Um, um, it's just morphed into that. But blockchain is the architecture, is this underlying technology platform. When I first saw it, it was like it's it's an approximation of communication flows in nature. It's a very, it's not a good attempt, but it's the sort of like the first attempt at this approximation. But if we're going to design something on the blockchain and there is lots of opportunity in that space, we might want to ask some very basic questions that almost no one asks. So questions such as what is trust? And why would we want to remove humans from a trusting middle party relationship? I'm not saying it's good or bad because in some places it might be, you know, 
absolutely fantastic. Supply chain, for example. Sure. Um, it, but if we don't ask those questions, if we don't ask the questions, what is decentralized, what is centralized, and why would why would one be more valuable than the other in this particular application? Um, going to blockchain is the opportunity for tokens, et cetera, et cetera. What is currency? And how is currency created? And so what I see in the, in the, in the world at the moment is a lot of, you know, uh, it's like cowboys in the wild, wild west who are, you know, there's a gold rush. There's a gold rush. <laughs> sure. I mean, we're all going to get on our horses and madly ride out to the gold rush, you know, without no one's ever dug for gold ever before or whatever else like that. We're going to have a go. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. But if we want to create a future that where humans and earth can thrive, then there are some really, I think we just have to start asking a whole lot of better questions. That, about that sounds the, like you want the, the pioneers to go and burn the ships rather than the gold rush rushing for, the, for what they know. <laughs> well, you know, I just, I just think, I think it, it behooves us to just pause again um, yeah. and, and, and realise that um, in the world that we live in, the, the butterfly effect is real. We, we flap our wings here and it's going to have an effect. And Bucky called that precession, precession. But it is real. And, and so, um, so I'm saying there is an incredible opportunity for, for um, what I call the more beautiful world that our hearts know is possible. There is a more incredible opportunity for that. But it requires, um, it requires us to question some of the fundamental things that we haven't questioned. And it requires us to really deeply connect to the source idea, the thing that landed in at 2.23 a.m. that moved you to go, I want to create X. And I'll give you an example of this. One of the wonderful people that was at the, the um, masterclass a couple of weeks ago, um, a client that I've worked with for a number of years, highly successful in the real estate field, um, and and reached all the goals, you know, the nine eleven and the houses here and the fit, 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 you know, fit. and and the day he bought his nine eleven. This is, you know, he's publicly said this, so we're okay. Um, he he um he he was miserable, um, because the accumulation of stuff wasn't satisfying sure. what he was really looking for. Yeah. And so that took him on a journey which is um which has ended up with he wants to create um he's calling it the butterfly effect foundation but this foundation and what we did um, the the really powerful thing was go back to when he really realized that this is what he wanted to do. And and that moment has an enormous amount of emotion to it. Um, and, uh, and so every time he's looking at making a major decision or doing X or doing Y around the expression of this butterfly effect foundation, he needs to make the decision from that source idea. Yeah, sure. It's, uh, and, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fascinating to... Um, you must see that a lot, I guess, in, in what you're doing where you see the, I guess, the uber successful, quote unquote successful, you know, financially successful people that are still unfulfilled because they've, they've gone down that commercial track and haven't really created anything around either legacy or, you know, self-fulfilling contribution or any of those kind of things. 
Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think all of us go through it to some degree and then you yeah. wake up and go, well, that's not it. And in actual fact, that's part of the part of this, the um, path of adult development. There is a stage that we go through very explicitly that has that um, as yeah. a stage. And so, you know, I think, I think, I don't think, I don't think any one of us is necessarily alone in that. And then you wake up and realize, well, actually what really matters here, yeah, you know, <laughs> things are not, things, things are nice to have, but if I don't have real genuine human connection, if I don't have um, a, a relationship with nature and beauty and if I don't have love and if I don't have laughter and if I don't have touch and all of those things yeah sure well and I don't have my health and you know so what is there and 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 so you know that's it's a developmental thing but that that then also means that when we're bringing to life the things that we really care about and we want to see a world where there is beauty and an opportunity for all humans and so on that that is actually a really high order of responsibility is what i'm trying to say you know sure, it's sure. like and and so it it's why james bartle from outland denim is such a great example because uh and I, I did a podcast with him, which you can listen to, and you can actually hear the emotion um, of because he shares, you know, the, the moment where he uh, realised that he was out and he had a bunch of women that he had to pay um, that um, were banking home essentially, and you have to have some form of greater um, love and care for what you're doing to find ways through those pathways. Yeah, sure. Well, um, you know, it's just fascinating. Uh, we're, we're actually coming up to our end of time that we've allocated. Yeah. I, I feel like I could um, take a real journey talking further. There's just some really thought-provoking, uh, I don't think ideas is the right word, but thought-provoking <laughs> comments that you've given us um, and a real, yeah, real future kind of thinking style. Um, yeah that uh, I, I feel I'll be listening to this podcast again myself to take some notes um, really around that kind of design thinking of, of what we want to actually create from a f- from our future standpoint, not not so much using our, our past maybe ineffective models and experience to try and create a future. It's kind of redesigning the models for the future. And um, it's just been absolutely fascinating to, um, to, uh, to chat with you. Um, uh, I guess the last question I have for you um, is if people want to connect with you and find out more about what you do and um, any programs that you're running or how do they get in touch to, to get inspired and, um, and uh, hear more about what you're up to? Yeah, so I have a website, obviously, two, the number two, the number two, the number three, am.com. It's very convenient. People should definitely have people, <laughs> yeah, just get people should definitely have short websites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and uh, um, I will be, uh, for Gold Coast people, I will be doing another masterclass in July, um, 16, 17, and, uh, and I will be doing one in London as well, uh, May 21st, 22nd. Great. Um, yeah, um, and, but, yeah, people can, um, people can find me there. I write a daily blog 365 days of the year. Um, I have written over 1,200 articles, 
So if they Google your name, they'll find all your uh, all your articles. <laughs> well, I hope so. I hope so. And uh, and and I'm in the process of um, writing a book on stewardship as as leader. But anyway, they'll be up to find me on 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 there and on. Right. I am on. T- Twitter and stuff, but I, I really can't stand social media. Righto. So, so if you want to hook up with Christine, go through the website, 223am.com, uh, connect through the website, and uh, I'm sure it'll, it'll blossom from there. So uh, yeah. it's been an absolute pr- pleasure chatting with you, and um, thank you so much for your insights and, uh, and sharing with us uh, your experience in this space and, and, of course, your expertise in what's coming for us ahead, I think you've given us a lot to think about for business operators and really just generally individuals as a part of a global community. So thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure, Mick, and I wish you all the very best with your project. And uh, we, you. we, all, we all need, we all need um, our guiding light purpose. You know, we, that's, it's, it's kind of like a, an empty life without it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, thanks very much. Talk to you all soon. All right, it's a pleasure. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Well, there we have it, another podcast done and dusted. I trust you got inspired the same way I did. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to so that you get our new episodes and updates. Uh, Jump on and give us a review, five stars, one stars, whatever it is, as long as it's honest, I'd love it. And uh, if you know anyone that we should be interviewing for these podcasts, we'd love to hear them, so make sure you get in touch. Until then, go and create some purpose in the world and enjoy great things.